Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome on the Culture News. My name is David Cerebro, and I have the pleasure today to have on iHeartRadio a very talented author. His name, ladies and gentlemen, is Michael Ebifega. Let me spell it for you. E-B-I-F-E-G-H-A. Ebifega. He has written a wonderful book that is called Refuting the Myth of Evolutionism and Exposing the Folly of Clergy Letters. This is a beautiful title and a beautiful book. We're going to talk about all of that. But first, let's say hello to our wonderful guest, Mr. Michael Ebifega. Michael, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank God. We are so happy to have you over the phone. So first of all, I, congratulations for your book. I had the pleasure to read it. And I would love to know uh, about yourself. Can you tell us where you're from and how did you become an author? Well, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. I'm from Nigeria. And I've been in Canada working for a while. And I've watched world events and got interested and decided to write the present book. And uh, so, so, so you live, where, where do you live in Canada now? In Toronto. In Toronto. And we say hello to all our fans over there and all our friends who are listening to iHeartRadio in Toronto. So now let's, who are the, um, the authors who have influenced you? Um, um, so many of them, so to speak. And in particular, Richard Dawkins. Uh, approach with Facebook have influenced me greatly to be involved in order to at least promote what I know is the truth. And how important it is for you because, you know, you could be an author who will write uh, beautiful novels, who will write romance, sci-fi, you name it. But why for you is it so important for you to bring the truth on the paper. Yeah, well, it's because the subject of origin is a very crucial one. How you came to live in this world is very crucial. It determines so many things. And if you have the wrong information, you will mislead not only yourself, but others. And the truth of the matter is, it's an issue that is interdisciplinary. It is not a exclusively scientific issue because there was no scientist at that point. It is an issue that involves disciplines. Particularly, I believe that the creator of the world would know for sure that his creatures will be very curious to know how they came to live. And therefore, it is his onus to have claimed credit for what he has done. So before we start talking of origins, we have to look into history to know whether there is any personal claim. And if there is none, then we would now go on to look at the possibilities. And to do that, you definitely have 
to have an open mind to interpret your results because science itself cannot reconstruct what happened completely. And and indeed, indeed, what you say is very inspiring. And, and I just want to say that uh, evolutionism is a pseudo-scientific worldview and not a scientific worldview on origins. Can you can you comment on that phrase that I just said? Um, I think evolutionism is a worldview that is not viewing things from the origin but it's viewing things from the diversity of things. When we talk of origin, it's a singularity, and science itself does not deal exclusively with singularities. So we can see the Big has a very great miracle to have happened, and no miracle can be that great. And so science starts also with a miracle. Wow, indeed. You know, you know, the good thing with your book is that um, I, I want the, the audience to know that we're not going into uh, too much scientific speech. And indeed, it is perfectly written in the sense that it is combined, um, I would say, the, 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 the beautiful writing for the average Joe. And yet you teaching us a lot about the evolutionism and, uh, and the science world and, and all these things. Um, then after you said something else, evolution as a science of change only explains secondary events, diversity, and not primary events, origin of species. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I mean, uh well-renowned evolutionists will tell you that Darwin's theory only addresses the diversity, but not actually the origin of species. That is something, according to scientific law of biogenesis, life can only come from a pre-existing life. So the beginning, as far as science is concerned, must have started with something that is living in order to produce that. But that, is, that, that is really, really uh, uh, beautiful. So how, how do you think, because, you know, you, you say about the clergy, uh, can, can you explain to us this, uh, this part of the title of, of your book, Exposing the Folly of Clergy Letters, Folly spelled F-O-L-L-Y. Uh, can you tell us about the second part of the title, what do you mean by that? Well, it happens that present um, clergy, aware of other issues that happened, like the Galileo effect and all of that on religion, they just want to make sure they follow the crowd and to be politically correct. So instead of staying outside the debate, they've decided to take sides based on the fact that majority of scientists believe in evolution, therefore evolution must be true. But on the other hand, they're equipped with historical events where God sees the same. So the question is, who is telling the truth? 
God has nothing to do in terms of not having the truth because he is not subject to anyone. And according to one of his moral laws is the truth. And only the truth that should be said. So God gave the true picture. But because to be politically correct, they've come to a conclusion that evolution is the truth. And therefore, that is the only worldview that should be taught in science classes. And that creation or creationism should not be there. But as academicians, if you know your worldview is the correct one, then you should not be afraid to defend that worldview. You should accept other worldviews and see how well your worldview is. It's only true comparison of that. So the scientists are now divided into the world intelligent design and unintelligent design, implying that unintelligent design is science and intelligent design is religion. So following what scientists are saying, we now know that up to 15,000 clergy have endorsed Evolution, evolutionism as correct worldview and the only one to be taught. And that is a complete false because there are discrepancies in the theory. And wow. they are not ones to take sides in matters like that. They have to look at everything and stay and not make a scientific judgment in an issue that is science. So they are playing two roles as theologians and also as scientists. And that's where folly comes. Wow. It, it, it's so really inspiring to, to, to hear you speak. And, and really, I encourage everyone to definitely uh, purchase the book and, and, and of course, read it. Um, because you, you are saying some very interesting things, and uh, how, how did you, um, how were you involved with uh, this uh, this myth of evolutionism, with this genre of writings? Did you yourself was reading a lot of these things for the past um, fifteen years or so? I've been following this issue closely and uh, I've written before this fourth book I've written three books and this one we're being we're discussing is the fourth one I just produced another one which is the fifth and um, I've been carrying out serious uh, research going into details in order to at least expose what is the truth. And you know definitely about what you are uh, talking about, obviously. 
So then you say something very interesting. You say clergy must remain within their professional boundary and do not have the authority to rule on what should be taught in science classrooms. Um, can you comment about that? Yes. That is an issue because clergy are totally responsible to themselves. They are also responsible to the younger generation. And now, if this younger generation are told something else, that God himself, knowing fully well that the world at some point would be interested in knowing how this world came to be, himself came on Mount Sinai before the children of Israelite to tell the truth. And he came purposely to make sure that issue is resolved and even gave a Sabbath commandment to make it also a moral obligation for people to accept that the world was created in six days and he rested on seventh day. Now he did that knowing fully well that well, science had come up with his own view, but that, of course, be telling you, and that's what God is God. Now, when clergy, on one hand, are promoting that, and on the other hand, saying that science is the truth, then these kids are going to be confused. And that is not what we should be doing. The subject of origin. I believe it's an issue that people should be allowed to look at it. Because once it claimed to be a scientific worldview, then the younger generation will think that's all the truth. And therefore the scriptures are just myths. But how can it claim by the Almighty be a myth? That's misleading. And so that's one of the strong motivations of my writing. I'm looking at the younger generation coming, and the ones that are now, for them to get the truth, and the truth itself will set us free. Not the academic disputes and things like that. So clergy should really stay out of this. Rather, they are setting aside a whole Sunday to justify their view by calling it evolution Sunday. God talks of creation. He never mentioned evolution. So uh, as a young person, if I am, I will question, where are we going? What is the truth? And so clergy should stay away and not promote them because they are going to be confused in the younger generation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And um, beyond these beautiful uh, phrases that you said, um, we are going to start to say goodbye to each other. So before we do that, I would love to know what are your next projects? What are you doing next? What, what is for you? Uh, do you have another book that you have in mind? Would you like to do a documentary maybe about this book? Uh, what, what, what are your next projects? Well, once I'm financially okay to do many, in fact, I plan to do right now, I, as I've just said, I've published another book, which is Garden Origins and Satan's Shadow in Religion. 
And I do plan to write another one, uh, also Satan's Shadow, in science. And since those plans are there, and with that, I will see how things go. I definitely will focus on marketing the book at this point, uh, this particular one, the fourth, and the new one that is out, and the one that I intend to write very soon. In fact, I'm putting the pieces together at this point, and um, hopefully with that, and um, marketing the books to other um, agencies, like um, my recent book was published by Stratton Press, which is just out, in fact, at uh, the beginning of this year. Wow, and we definitely can't wait to read about you and to read more of you and to uh, to talk about all the things that you, you are putting in your books. And, of course, um, all the ideas that you described um, are um, your ideas and, and the one that you, your opinion that is put in your book. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Sariva. I had the pleasure to have today on my heart radio, the very talented author, Michael Ebifega. Let me spell it for you, E-B-I-S-E-G-H-A. He has written this great book called Refuting the Myth of Evolutionism and Exposing the Folly of Clergy Letters. Once again, Michael Epifega. More music to come on iHeartRadio. Stay tuned with us. Thank you very much.